something really, really cool with allowing like tech and worship people to kind of mix. Um, it just creates this cohorts is like team it's like we're doing this together we are providing support for you and you guys know our we know your faces and as a result it's a very cohesive team between the grooves is hosted by james curtis music director and morning man in the greater toronto area on joy radio and aisha woods Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Episode 247. That's the huge crowd of people that are listening right now to Between the Grooves with James Curtis and Aisha Woods. Sorry. Sorry. The big buildup. But you know what? I've really been looking forward to this episode because it's... It's something right up my alley, you know that that yep. technical sound thing. So when you told me <laughs> when you told me we were going to have Ben Krause on the show, I was pretty yeah. excited. And uh, you know, we uh, for these interviews and I shouldn't say interviews for these conversations, we yes, yes. we typically. Um, arrange these things weeks in advance and so i've been waiting right. a few weeks for this conversation so um yeah this is I gonna think be going to be everything that you hope it better be and more yeah it better be <laughs> so let's welcome ben kraus he is the lead audio production engineer at green bay community church in wisconsin and here he Ooh, is whoop. now on between the grooves and, uh, on oh i see what you're uh, saying so uh aisha speaks very highly of you Oh, okay. Well, yeah. thank you. Um, how long have you been involved in church audio? Yeah, church audio. Um, so I started working in the children's ministry about fifth grade at my home church in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, it was really, really simple stuff. We didn't do any live worship or anything, but it was just uh, playing videos for kids and turning up and down the volume on a microphone. Oh, nice! Like the the um, a, the AV guy in school, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, after a little bit of doing that, we went to this conference. They have these conferences out in Midwest called Christ and Youth Conferences (CIY). It's based in Joplin, Missouri. Um, it's a weekend conference for your youth group to go and hear a lot of great messages. And uh, in high school, when I went, my very first conference uh, at the very very end, they asked to everybody in the room, has anybody given their life to Christ this week? Um, and some of my peers from my church like stood up, and that was great. And then after that, they asked, okay, we know that this is has been an amazing conference, but we asked, um, has anybody this week even thought of vocational ministry full-time? And I didn't even know what that was, but I just felt compelled to stand up. I think that really was just the Holy Spirit taking that, and that was when I like started thinking, like, what would this look like? Um, I didn't really mm-hmm. ever think I was actually going to be just a computer programmer. That was my dream in high school. Um, I really enjoyed working on computers. And so I talked to my youth pastor and I started learning drums just to, I don't know, get into worship and understand what worship was. That really was a draw to me. Do you have any other musical ability besides drumming? Um, I sing a little bit. I graduated from Nebraska Christian College with a worship degree and a tech degree. 
Okay. Awesome. It's interesting because, um, and this isn't to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I've I've been involved in church audio for, I'll say, 35 plus years, but... Um, toot, toot. I'll toot it for you. Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> like a, it, just as a volunteer, like I wasn't on staff or anything like that. Although I did get asked to be not really on staff, more of a, hey, would you do it part time and be our you know main audio guy? I actually uh-huh. t- turned that down because I thought um, I, I believed it would become more than just a part time thing. I believed as you know, and I not to you know downplay or or to uh, point the finger at any church or anything like that. But a lot of times, what happens, th- this happens a lot with youth pastors, where you know we can only afford a part time youth pastor, so we're going to mm-hmm. hire you as a part time youth pastor, but it's full time hours. Right. right? And so I didn't want to get caught into that situation because I had a full-time job and and I wasn't going to let that become my life and then I don't have time for anything else. So I I turned that down. But I actually stepped down from doing any sound in church about a month before the pandemic, which was – for me, it was great timing because I had had enough. <laughs> um, and, and you know, when the pandemic hit, that that was a whole change in, in the way things were done anyways with, you know, involving video and all that. Right. And so I was quite happy um, <laughs> sitting back a little bit. But I'll say this, the, the, the one of the things that got me involved, I, I guess I got involved because I was just kind of interested in the technical aspect of it all, right? Right. And and it yeah. was around the time that I was going to college for radio broadcasting. And um, I think after my first year there, I was sending out my resume trying to get some kind of part-time job that would hopefully lead into a full-time job. And my resume, one of the places I sent it to was a uh, Christian TV station. And mm-hmm. I... Never heard back, and then I ended up getting a job in radio part-time. And then mm-hmm. like a month or two later, I finally did hear back from this TV station. And this has always um, this has always kind of been um, etched in my brain. When I talked mm-hmm. to the guy at the Christian radio or Christian TV station, the first question he asked me was, "What musical instruments do you play?" Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it was important though? That like, question? Yeah. Do you oh. feel like it was important that you had a musical background for being involved with tech? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For, for me now, because then eventually I was in charge of the tech, uh, primarily the sound, uh, in, uh-huh. in a couple of different churches. And anytime I was looking at you know having anybody come on board as a volunteer to be a sound guy, that's the first question I would ask. Because if they have yeah. the musical ability... They mm-hmm. know what an instrument is supposed to what sound to like. To, yeah, yep. they know what to listen for. They know what harmonies Absolutely. are. They know what the mix is supposed to sound like. In, instead of just a, a mm-hmm. guy with computer background thinking, oh, it's just you know buttons and stuff. And so that's just one. Of, right. And and so I have a I actually yep. have a problem with churches wanting to adapt too quickly to the digital side. And, mm-hmm. and the yes. reason why I have a problem with that is because if you don't understand the analog side, 
If you don't mm-hmm. understand how mm-hmm. the buttons work and how the frequencies work and, and all that stuff and how to make things sound good, then it, it's yeah. useless for a guy that doesn't have any musical ability at all to go on the, right. on the digital side. You got to know the, the technical side of things before you go all digital and just, you know, you know automate and <laughs> all that fun stuff. You, you got to know, you got to yeah. have the right background. So I've done sound seminars where sure. I, I don't even talk about all that stuff. I talk about here's how sound works. Right, mm-hmm. right yes. from the basics, and here's how the microphone works, and here's the different types of microphones, and here's the different yeah. ways yeah. we use yeah. sound, whether it's sound reinforcement or broadcast or whatever else. That's the stuff I teach on because, to me, mm-hmm. if you don't know that stuff, if you don't know the basics, you're not going to be good at the other <laughs> stuff. But, I mean, yeah. right. what are your thoughts, Ben? Yeah, so um, my first sound was like the old Mackie. Um, but I didn't really, that was in high school. So I didn't really fully understand EQs, but actually for me, I'm young enough that my first time, like understanding EQs was with the Behringer 32 when that came out and became super (laughs) available for a lot of churches. Um, and it was really cool because you could visually see the EQ. And I think that was Mm. that I've used as a huge training tool for a lot of people is like understanding, uh, giving them graphs of like, Hey, this is what a song sounds like when it's played on the radio. And this, if you see like the low end isn't as high as we currently are running it, but that's because it's uh, for online or the compression. This is what compression does. And this is why it's important for an online mix. Um, yeah, with digital, I don't know. It's interesting because, uh, I understand, the having the basic building blocks of working with analog but for me personally i actually never grew up with that analog i've talked to a lot of my volunteers who did grow up with that uh and they had some crazy stories talking about how for all the sound effects like you couldn't just press a button and they would play you'd have to cue them on a disc and they would do this Mm. like the theater production actually at the church that I was, I'm currently at, they don't do it anymore, but they did. And it's been fun to hear those stories. And so I don't know. I think I personally love the digital age and I I love the, the affordability that it allows for a lot of churches to be able to do things that they couldn't do or before it would cost five, six times the amount just for like the small thing. Mm. But now it's, simple computer program yeah i'm not um, trying i'm not trying to downplay digital my my yeah. only point there was if you don't understand how it all works and you're just yeah. there to push buttons but not make it <laughs> sound good right okay, anybody can right. push buttons anybody can turn a mic on and off but yeah. i like what you said about the eq and understanding the eq because mm-hmm. if if you've got somebody playing a guitar but it doesn't sound like a guitar or if you've got somebody singing right. but it doesn't actually sound like them it sounds like somebody else because they don't yeah. know how to eq that's that's the issue i have so you know the whole musical background for me is a big thing because then you know what a violin is supposed to sound like you know what a, a mm. piano is supposed to sound like you know uh with a person's voice what it should sound like you know yeah for sure um the way that so some of my audio volunteers a lot of them do play on the stage um a few times a week or a few times a month um and then do tech as well um those are fantastic volunteers that i have but some of them are extremely good and they actually don't play an instrument but what they do is they 
listen to a lot of different types of music. Right. Um, and can understand and seek out. And they have that artist's brain of understanding what it should sound like. But even though they've never sure. actually picked an instrument, um, they're fantastic at it. So I and would so, suspect they do have some sort of musical ability. I mean, they would obviously know what, what harmonies are. They would know, like, if you've got four people up there on the stage and one of them is singing the lead and the other three are singing harmony or supposed to be singing harmony, but only mm-hmm. two of them are, then the third one is like, okay, why is their mic even on? Or maybe you just pipe them through the monitors, uh, but they don't need to be in the mains because they're not offering anything extra to the mix. Right, right. That's interesting, though, um, that you said your volunteers, you have some volunteers that actually are vocalists or musicians mm-hmm. for services, and they also volunteer in tech. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I may need to begin to implement uh, at our church because the importance of having an ear for music and and running tech specifically our um our stream online man like if we could have some some bens and some some james curtis <laughs> techs back there working yeah. our uh, our online stream it would be so much better but, yeah, it's definitely something I, I want to look into and uh, yeah, think about it, doing. It also helps. Um, it's different because with working with volunteers and working in the church, it's really, really important for it to, like, the goal of the tech volunteer help create a distraction-free service for people to accept um, the Word of Christ. And mm-hmm. a lot of times... Um, you're giving people that um, it they, they need a lot of training, and it's yes, a really really fun journey and something really really cool with allowing like tech and worship people to kind of mix. Um, it just creates this cohesive like team. Like it's uh-huh. not oh they're just the musicians they're on stage in front of people and then we're just making sure they sound good. No, it's it's like we're doing this together. We are providing yeah. um, support for you and you guys know our we know your faces and as a result it's a very cohesive team um and working with volunteers it's so important and sometimes i know um i've been to places it's where the product is over top and almost more important than like the end result is more important than the journey to get there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's hard um, it's hard to to do because you're always trying to top next year, top the year after that. Right, but right. If you if you take the time to enjoy who you're doing this with and the people that you're bringing alongside, and if you can do that and strive for excellence, like push people to, right. hey, I want to make this your like make this your own, make this that you're like I'm excited to do we're gonna have uh, we're having Mike Donahue here this weekend uh, he's gonna do a concert okay and I have a bunch of tech volunteers that are happy to come and they're excited to like set up we're renting some lights so they'll get to learn a little bit of like lighting stuff from our local uh, lighting rentals 
Um, we have mm-hmm. a guy who mm-hmm. comes in and this is what he does, but he is such a good teacher and all my tech volunteers learn a lot from him. So we'll be able to do that, but it's just going to be a really, really fun Saturday to just bring along people and accomplish stuff together. I like what you That's said great. about the uh, the cohesion. Uh, co- is that a word? Cohesion? Co- co- the- <laughs> cohesion. Co- co- yeah, that word. That word. Yeah, I don't know how to say some words. That's okay. Um, you supposed to say it real fast. Yeah, if I say it real fast and just just slur it, nobody will notice. But I, I like what you said about the tech guys and the worship people. Um, I've always believed it was the same team, anyways. It, you know, the, the tech guys mm-hmm, are part mm-hmm. of the worship team because you're all working together, anyways, and one can't work with the the other, right? Yeah. Um, right. And and then your point about the fact that you got Mike Donahue coming in town, uh, and he's a great guy. Um, I always loved doing these special productions, uh, mm-hmm. whether it was a, a group coming in, you know, for a Sunday service or like a choir or it was, uh, you know, a Christmas production or whatever. I loved doing that stuff. I mean, I found it highly stressful sometimes. And that's just part of the reason part of the reason for me is because I don't want to age myself or date myself. But, you know, talk about, a, you know, old school and stuff, non-computer, yeah. non-digital way of doing things. Um, I remember yes. we had one production where I was... I guess I was one of the directors, but I was also the production director. So I was a director of the mm. presentation, but I was also the uh, production director. And I think I was one of the co-writers of the script, if I remember correctly, as well. And we decided to have all of our uh, music elements pre-recorded, but multi-tracked. So what I did is I decided I was going to play it back live so I could do the mix live as if it were a live production. And I'm glad I did that because we had one time when uh, we had one of the singers, I think it was Joseph. It was a Christmas production and it was Joseph. And he was supposed to pick up the mic and sing and he forgot to pick up the mic and sing. And so I left the volume down. It was multi-tracked. It was all recorded. I had his voice, but he was just lip syncing. But he didn't put the mic up to to his mouth. And so I left the I left the track down until he brought left it up because I didn't want okay, people to know you. it was pre-recorded. I wanted everybody to think this uh-huh. is live, and it sounded great right. because it was multi-tracked, and we were able to do that. Um, there's a lot of things you can you know you can play around with all, all of that, yeah. but but a lot of work too when it's multi-tracked and you want to right. play it back live because now you got all that extra stuff to worry about, all those extra buttons and all those extra levels to worry about, you know? Yeah, sure enough. But a lot of fun because there's, there's, like yeah. you said, a learning curve where there's may- maybe technology you don't necessarily use every Sunday, but you're using it for these special events. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I felt um, with when we met. Uh, when I met Aisha, she was out here playing for a Women's Known Conference, and I was running the audio. And that, to me, it's like one of my highlights of the year is like doing something special. Like that is something fun. It's it's, you get that conference feel where we can bring the house room a lot louder than we normally do on a Sunday because of that conference mm-hmm. feel. So that's so much fun doing. Also, it's one of the best feelings in the world when you can pull something off and nobody notices. And, like, no yeah. one knows <laughs> the amount of work that went into it, but you're, like, secretly, like, you and your team, you're like, man, we did that. Like, yeah. like when, yeah, if the singer forgot to grab a microphone, that's, like, wow, no one noticed. Like, he sounded great, and <laughs> it sounded like him, and that is so cool. And you can be like, 
yeah, guess what? It wasn't him. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so sharing little tips and, and, and tricks and stuff like that, you, you mentioned about the fact that you could uh, get away with cranking things up a little louder than you would normally get away with. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to love uh, productions. Like I, I remember uh, one Easter we had this big. I forget what the song was. It was just, we were doing a, an Easter production, but it was just a really short thing. It was like just a few minutes long, and it was it was acting out the scene with music. And so it was some big song that was a big hit that year or whatever else. And so we had this big cave, and it was basically meant to be the tomb. And mm-hmm. then we had mm-hmm. we had the rocks kind of burst out in slow motion with flashing lights and stuff and there oh was this boy. there was this big climatic build up with the music and stuff like that and and yeah. what i've found uh doing audio even on a sunday morning service is if people are moved by a piece of music and it has a majestic type ending like a, a build up to this ending um, I've I've you know had say Aisha singing in church or whatever, and it's got this big build up to the end of the song. I can actually yeah. build up the music and drown her out, and even turn her mic off, and nobody would know. And I can crank up the volume to mm-hmm. many many decibels louder than what would normally be accepted on a Sunday morning, and nobody would notice. They would just have a big <laughs> cheer afterwards, right? And you can oh, yeah. get away with stuff like that, and nobody notices. Yeah. They just, wow, what a powerful song. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, always, the fun thing with uh, sound is a lot of times people say it's too loud, but really it's just a bad mix. Yeah, um, I yeah. tell that a lot yes. to my volunteers because yes. you can play it at 92 dBA, and you could have a very, like, the same room next week playing at 88 dBA and it sounds uh-huh. louder because they forgot to cut out the highs or something right. like that. So um, that's always a fun a fun thing to figure out. Yeah, um, I, hmm. what I found in a lot of churches too, is sometimes the acoustics, it's just a bad church acoustically. And, and so yeah. it's a it's an ongoing fight because <laughs> it's a bad church. Well, no, it's just an ongoing fight with people. You know, like my mom as a as a good example. She's got very sensitive uh-huh. ears, so she's yes. you know eighty years old now, and she, and she finds it to be, her ears are very sensitive. And so yeah, in the yeah. past, when I when she's visited my visited my church and and I was doing sound, she would complain about how loud it was. Now I do like it loud. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. no nobody else is complaining, and she's like holding right. her ears. And so yeah. you know, at her age with her ears being so sensitive maybe she needs to be wearing earplugs yeah right. or maybe she needs to be sitting somewhere else like don't wait, put yourself wait, right in front mom, of the speaker i have a yeah. question was your mom in florida this past sunday My visiting mom? our church yeah, yeah. Per- perhaps <laughs> no she wasn't but so, so that happened in your church yes on sunday right right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had that happen a few times and our room is not uh it has basically three like a cluster of speakers um left and right and so the room sounds differently and the Mm -hmm. older sound Mm -hmm. engineers who have been there for a while um they offer earplugs but then they also take the time to go and say hey where were you sitting um could i suggest this spot instead right right um that's because we know like up closer um it is a little bit more fuller sound, and then if you're sitting in the very back, even though it sounds like it's super far away, you're getting all that bounce off of the back wall. 
Yeah. Um, and so it's actually sometimes a little bit louder uh, if you're sitting against a wall. So, yeah. Yeah, That's one of, awesome. To one have of things we've done in our do that. yeah one of the, one of the things we've done in the past as well. I've seen churches where they'll add those fill-in speakers like halfway or mm-hmm. three quarters the way into the sanctuary, like towards the back, where they've got these speakers that just add um, some volume, if you want to call it that. And and the purpose for that is to lower the main speakers a little bit. Uh, mm. So so the so the music or or so the sound is more evenly distributed, but you do have right. issues in churches where it does bounce off that back wall uh, or on right. a side wall or whatever else, and so yeah, it depends on where they're sitting. So if you're able to help people along and say you know maybe try sitting over here next week and see what happens, um, mm. you know I don't yeah. know that any sound guy has never got any complaints. <laughs> um, something really really cool as a story I remember. Uh, hearing this from the known conference, Aisha, um, uh-huh. I was there and my wife was attending and she sat with this older lady. She didn't attend our church. She attended another church in town, but she was there and I was playing it quite loud. We were going about 95, 96 DBA um, just for that conference feel with the big songs. And she was there. She was plugging her ears, but she was worshiping. <laughs> Like it was such a cool experience because she That's understood funny. that if younger people and the younger generation enjoy this and this is what is meaningful for them, like mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. I want to be able to teach them or even like show them like, hey, this is what that hymn means to me when we do Great is Thy Faithfulness. Right, um, right, right. It was so cool because I kept asking like Adrian, I like would see her plug her ears uh, this lady next to my wife and she's like, no, she just loved it. And she loved everything. She thought it sounded really good. She just had to plug her ears during the big heavy parts, but she loved it. And she would worship through that. And it was such, so cool. Um, yeah, that's neat. Well, I, I do have a question for you. How involved are you, um, in the creative process, um, with planning services? Oh yeah. I know you're, tech but you mm-hmm. know with the creative things yeah our church um it's really interesting actually i haven't been to another church that like pairs the sermon and the worship and all aspects of it uh mm-hmm. together as the church that i'm a part of we do uh tuesday mornings will be teaching team okay sit down with we have, it's really kind of like an open thing to our staff and a few volunteers if they want to come, if it's their gift to like, they're really passionate about what's like taught from stage. And they go yeah. over the week, uh, how stuff landed. And then they talk about like ideas for the next sermon. And then that afternoon we have a programming team with a bunch of people. I'm in that team. And we talk about worship songs. We talk about ways to do it. We look at two to three weeks ahead. Um, but yeah, I am involved in a lot in the creative process, something fun we're doing this Christmas. I'm super excited for it. Uh, we're wanting to portray the hope and just like bring people into the story of Christmas and understand like it's your story too, but we are doing a children's pageant, which our church hasn't done a children's pageant in like 10 years, I think. And so it's going to be really fun. We have three scenes planned. Um, and we're going to we're we're excited for all the chaos that it brings 
uh, <laughs> we don't expect it to be perfect. Like, uh, right, you know, right. It is. It's that joy of like seeing the kid on stage that mm-hmm. uh, who's very loud continually through the whole the whole thing. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> such a joy to see the passion and and to explain that like those kids on stage. Some of them get it, but some of them they're just playing this play, and they don't understand that their part, like the actual part that they are playing, like Mary, like the one who gave birth to Jesus, like they are just yeah. playing this part, but they don't fully understand the bigger story. Uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes like the older kids do, but um, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, but I, I, I am involved a lot in the creative process. Um, last year for Easter, we did, uh, for the first time I was able to pair tracks and click with a video. And so we did that as an opener and it was actually really funny. We had a drummer call out. And so I actually ended up playing Tom for the Easter opener as the technical director. Um, yeah. And I ran backstage afterwards. (laughs) It was fun. Um, it was definitely you got skills, mad skills. <laughs> but I have sure. a fantastic team uh, of volunteers who are passionate and love learning. And I think that's one of the most important things I could just challenge other audio people is like never yeah. lose the love of learning because yes, yeah, you can. Yeah, there's if, so much that you can do if you have that passion for learning something new, and mm-hmm. no matter who it's from that you're learning, just continue to strive to learn if you want to learn be tech for a children's production because uh there's a lot of stuff that happens that you got to move on a dime for sure there's (laughs) it doesn't matter how much you plan there's always something going to happen yep that's if you want to learn patience and how to be calm in a storm yeah yeah. see (laughs) when stuff happens you like you have to be able to handle it calmly um, if right. you freak out, um, your volunteers are like, it's going to be hard for volunteers to not trust. Isn't the right word, but just like, I guess, trust that you're leaving them. Um, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. so just being able makes to a lot of sense. calm and just strive for excellence. And even if stuff happens, just being able to be like, okay, here's, here's something. Um, and then also taking volunteers along with that troubleshooting process and explaining like okay mm-hmm. so if this goes wrong like right now this could happen and this is what we would do and so just setting up right. all those backup features um and explaining that to volunteers to help explain to them how um how it works with troubleshooting so yeah mm-hmm. I, I got a couple That's of things great. i got a couple of things to share and and i know we don't have all the time in the world here but um, I was uh, attending a church, and I was doing the audio f- in this church, and I was uh, one of the main audio guys, I think, at that point. I don't think at that point I was um, in charge of the audio, but I eventually became. Um, and we were in a Sunday morning service, and our main amp blew. And oh, and it was it was in the process of blowing up, in a sense. Not literally, obviously. Oh, geez. But there was this right. loud hammering sound, like, you know, every three seconds. It was just boom, <laughs> boom, 
boom, like it was starting to go. And so we, uh, the entire tech team and our music director, who was actually on the organ at the time, uh, because he was a Mm -hmm. very skilled musician, um, we had to basically move on a dime. Now, we were very fortunate to have a backup system in place. We had our old sound system still had the old speakers and the columns and stuff. We never used oh, them. Geez. And they weren't very good speakers, but on a dime, we were able to, <laughs> you know, very quickly change uh-huh. the connections and get the uh, get everything working on the old system, not knowing Oof. not knowing what the issue was. Like, we, we didn't know it was the amp until after the fact, but we had to, you know, okay. service must go on, as it were. So that's yeah, the one right. thing I wanted to share, just as, you know, as far as tech guys being able to, you know, be creative and not you know, freak out too much because they've got to be mm-hmm. calm, cool, and collected. And you know, okay, we got a problem. Let's deal with it and move on. Right. Understanding that move a lot on. of times people are pointing the finger at you when something does go wrong, right? right. But yeah. the other thing I wanted to mention is I've been in churches where, and, and a lot of churches do this, where here's a piece of paper, you know, a half hour before the service starts, and this is the they call it the order of service. Here's here's everything that's right. going to happen. It's the plan. It's mm-hmm. the it's the roadmap. Here's you know, first thing we're going to do is this. It's going to be praise and worship. Sure. There's these three songs, perhaps. Uh, uh-huh. Then somebody's going to step up and do the announcements. And, uh, you know, it's it's the <laughs> structure of what's going to happen for the next you know sure. hour or, or however long. And that's, that's fine because uh-huh. there's a game plan in place. I went to one church where they took us a step further. So they did have the order of service, but 15 uh-huh. minutes before the service started, sound checks had to be done. Everything had to be done. Now it's, you know, for that 15 minutes prior to the service, it's the, I'll call it the elevator music, but it's, you know, music playing through the speakers. Uh-huh. The, sure. the head of each department, so your sound guy, not not the, sorry, not the necessarily the head of the department, but whoever is doing sound, whoever is uh-huh. doing yes. lighting, uh, the head usher, they will all, they would yes. all congregate in the senior pastor, the lead pastor's office and have mm-hmm. a five-minute meeting to say, here's what's going on. Are there any issues that we need to be aware of? Uh, oops. Right. We, you know, because th- this order of service was done a few days in advance. You're just getting it now. Right. But maybe there's a change, right? Oh, we've just mm-hmm. had this come up. So, you know, scribble that down. Be prepared for, th- for this. Or maybe it's the pastor himself saying, I'm going to be speaking on this. But sound guy, I want you to be prepared because I want you to do this at, at a certain po- point in my sermon. And it's not necessarily right. in the notes. Uh, so anything that can come up. And to me, that was like, that was brilliant. Because number one, it showed mm-hmm. that the lead pastor year cared enough to make sure that everything was going to run smoothly and not just, yes. oh, I'm just going to leave it up to them and, you know, oh, surprise, you know, here's some stuff coming down the pipe and not telling them. But but it was all, you know, they weren't, the lead pastor wasn't above anybody else. It was, hey, guys, right. we're a team. We're working together here. We're, we want to make this, um, mm-hmm. I choose the word carefully. We want to make this successful. We want this to be good. We sure. want this to be excellent, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that, yeah. too. Uh, Ben talked about not expecting perfection, but we can strive for excellence. Right. You know, just leave room for uh, humanity, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, but operate in a spirit of excellence and just watch God do what he does best. It is such a gift when you have a pastor that understands volunteers and understands like, yes, we might not get the perfect service, but we have right. family and we have volunteers here who are like family of the church that yeah. are passionate about this and 
It's it's really funny because I've actually blessed right now with the lead pastor. He is he's a he's a creative and he actually makes all his own slides and they are like really good. He does graphic design. Mm. And so it's so funny because I know so many churches like last minute they're adding slides at the end. Um, but he's very <laughs> like considerate and he goes through and we do a talk through of the service uh and then we run through all the lighting cues and basic like walk mm. like okay this mic's gonna go so we do that that takes about 20 minutes and then after that he runs through all his slides with a clicker um just to refresh himself sure. in order he knows that so i'll look at the screen kind of to check his slides and then make changes um if there's spelling issues yeah, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> Anyways, listen, Ben, I appreciate so much you taking the time to chat with us on Between the Grooves. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. For artist advice mm-hmm. this week, um, we decided to check back with Holly Taylor. Now, Holly Taylor is the president of 1016 Entertainment, which is an artist uh, PR and marketing company. But she is also the station manager at Joy Radio in Toronto, so I get to work with her all the time. She's the host of Good Company, the afternoon music and talk show, and she co-hosts a podcast called The Why Me Project. But she's very familiar with artists and what they do, and here she is with some advice for us this week I think the uh, the biggest advice that I could give a, a new artist would just be to know who you're talking to who are you writing the music for and to challenge yourself to not be vague like to everybody um, but just to really think about who are you talking to is it someone who's seeking for more information about their faith is it someone who needs encouragement and then just really you know focus in on that person and, and write for them that's really helpful. Yeah, I, I think it's really helpful information um, for artists new or old to really hone in on your audience. Because if you don't know specifically who you're talking to, you know, what's really the purpose? What's it really all for? Yeah, the message kind of gets lost if there is even a message mm-hmm. because you're not focused in and, and you know, towards the person that you're trying to meet. Mm-hmm. Well, great advice from Holly Taylor. Thank you so much, Holly. And thank you to Ben Kraus for joining us on Between the Grooves. Really enjoyed that conversation. It was everything yeah. that I expected it to be. So thank you, Aisha, for arranging that. Awesome. Yeah, you're very welcome. He's such a great guy. Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com.